Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today on the program, we have an exciting look at a professed Christian's encounters with aliens. We also look at headlines from the end times with Larry Spargimino and James Collins. If you're a new listener to Watchmen on the Wall, welcome. We would love to share some free gifts with you. Request your free new listener pack today by calling 1-800-652-1144. In the new listener pack, you get a welcome letter, the latest issue of our monthly newsletter, The Prophetic Observer, and some free gifts. Call today and request your free new listener pack, 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Now let's jump right into James Collins and Michael Hoggard discussing claims of alien encounters. Are they real or is it something else? One of the most famous cases of an encounter with UFOs and alien beings is the case of Betty Andreessen. Betty, who professes to be a Christian, claims to have experienced several encounters with extraterrestrials. Her stories have engaged the entire community of UFO researchers. During her encounters, Betty Andreessen claims that she actually made contact with God. But what God did she encounter? Could the experiences of Betty Andreessen connect UFOs with the occult? Joining me today to talk about Betty Andreessen, UFOs, aliens, and how these things fit into last day's deception is Pastor Michael Hoggard. Pastor Mike is the senior pastor of Bethel Church in Festus, Missouri. He is an expert in scripture numerics, Freemasonry, the occult, and Bible prophecy. Mike has produced a great new teaching DVD that we're going to be talking about today called The Phoenix Affair. Pastor Mike, welcome back to The Watchman on the Wall. Thanks, James. Good to be with you guys again. Well, let's talk about this new DVD, The Phoenix Affair. There are over six hours of teaching on The Phoenix Affair. And you start out in your first segment by saying that the world is being prepared to accept the idea that UFOs are real, but pastors and churches are not. Now, would you explain that statement, elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. As a matter of fact, this year, for the first time, I decided to go to the Mutual UFO Network conference that was held in Las Vegas, Nevada, back in August. There was a German reporter there. He's a freelance reporter. He has a website in Germany on UFOs and the paranormal. We had a booth set up, and we were giving out some of our DVDs there on UFOs and so on. And he was fascinated by me because he interviewed me for an article that he wrote. And he basically said, you're the weird guy at a UFO conference. (laughs) What is a Protestant minister doing at a UFO conference? Every pastor's calling is a little bit different. However... I agree with you, James. We are heading into the last days. And the devil doesn't just use one playbook. He doesn't just have one face. There is a lot that's going on in the paranormal. You know, there's shows on television all the time about ghost chasers, ghost hunters, things like that. We know that devil possession is real, not just from recent events that have happened with, you know, pastors around the world and missionaries and so on, but from according to the scriptures. But we also know that these devils can take on the appearance of different creatures. We know the Bible talks about lions, dragons, different things like that. 
And the book of Psalms talks about the chariots of the Lord are 20,000, even thousands of angels. And so the visitation that Ezekiel had was four cherubims that were taking on the appearance of God's chariot. And so that's the premise that I've taken for years with the UFO thing, is that these are in fact evil entities, they're evil spirits, they're what the Bible calls devils, fallen angels, familiar spirits, the watchers, things like that. And I believe that the appearance of these are increasing, especially with the fact that everybody's got a cell phone now with a high-quality camera on it, and some very good footage is being taken of UFOs. The Pentagon just recently, this year, you know, was forced to come out with a report saying, yes, our military are having encounters with things that we don't know where they came from. We know China didn't build them. We know Russia doesn't have the technology. We know we don't have the technology. They're not saying that they're coming from extraterrestrial places. They're just admitting that, yes, there are things flying in the air that we don't know what they are. You mentioned a good question that people have asked me about the Betty Andreessen case, is that people have asked me, okay, she's a Christian. How is it that she gets abducted by these, if these aliens are devils? How is it that she gets kidnapped by these devils, taken and have all these rituals performed on her and everything like that with her still believing a Christian? Well, my answer to that is, after having read, and I think there's a total of four books that have been written on her, and I have all four of them. The first two were written by Ray Fowler, who's done a lot of investigation into alien abductions and so on. And he wrote the first two books about her. And after investigating her thoroughly and her belief system, I can tell you that her doctrine and her belief system does not fall in line with Bible Christianity. It's like you said at the beginning of the broadcast, James. She believes that she has actually seen God and been in the presence of God. But what I know about the occult, what I know about the New Age movement, what I know about how familiar spirits are working in these days, I know for a fact that it wasn't God that she met. Right. Well, when we speak about Betty Andreessen, why is her story so significant to the UFO community? Well, I think because, number one, the amount of coverage that she got by Ray Fowler, she and her husband later wrote a book about themselves, I think it's the fourth book in the whole series, and the fact that she had so many visitations, and the fact that I think that she went and was physically taken to places, very, very, very evil places, and the claims that she made of going through, and this is why I call it the Phoenix Affair, the books are called the Andresen Affair, but she references having a ritual performed on her in front of a live phoenix bird. Mm -hmm. The fact that she does claim that this alien entity that she referred to as the one is in fact God. One of the things that she was able to do that a lot of abductees have not been able to do, Ray Fowler is of course an artist, and Betty Andreessen is a self-styled artist, and she did a lot of the artwork, in fact probably the majority of the artwork for the first two books ever written, she was able to draw the images of the aliens that she saw, 
the craft, the places that she was taken to, the entrance into the chamber or whatever where she met the one, the amount of detail that she has revealed in these books, I think, is what sets her apart among those who have claimed to have been abducted by UFOs. But if I can just take a couple minutes and share with you what got my attention on her. As you know, if you've studied Freemasonry, in the Blue Lodge of Freemasonry, there's a ritual where the new convert to Masonry is brought into the Blue Lodge, and he's dressed in a shirt and a pant, and one pant leg is rolled up, one arm sleeve is rolled up, one is rolled down, he has a noose placed around his neck, he's blindfolded, and he goes through a ritual called the Ritual of Hiram Abiff, where he is smitten on the forehead by the worshipful master of the lodge, he symbolically falls backward into the arms of the rest of the masons that are in the lodge, and then he is resurrected again by the worshipful master mason of the lodge in what's called the grip of the lion's paw. I've actually seen masons do this handshake right in front of my eyes. And he lifts the initiate up by this grip of the lion's paw, and he supposedly now is born again. He supposedly is resurrected. One of the first contacts that Betty Andreessen ever had, she goes to Ray Fowler, and he seeks out someone who puts her under hypnosis. She reverts back to a situation when she was seven years old. She said she went out to the back of her house playing, and there was a little backyard hut there where she used to play with a doll and things like that, and all of a sudden she sees this little gray creature that really isn't any taller than she is. He's wearing some sort of weird uniform, and he reaches up and he touches a symbol on the breast of his uniform, a little blue light comes out of a little gizmo on his uniform, and it flies around her head several times. It made like a buzzing sound, like a bumblebee, and that's kind of how she referred to it in there. But this thing circled her head about five or six times, and then what happened after that is, and she actually drew the artwork of this herself, and this is what caught my attention. The little blue ball touched her right on the forehead, right between her eyes. If you've ever seen Hindus, people from India, with that little dot on their forehead, it's called a bindi, and it's called a spot, and it actually, according to them, represents their awakening or their resurrection or the process of kundalini, where they now are enlightened and see themselves as being one with Brahma, who is their god. And so this blue ball of light touches her on the forehead. She said it was cold. Then she said she could feel it squiggle deep inside of her brain. She said after the ball of light landed on her face, she slowly and softly fell backward to the ground. Now, the imagery that I first got, I have to admit, was that of... What happens in some churches where people claim to be slain in the spirit? Brother James, you and I both know that that's not biblical. There is no such thing in the Bible as the Holy Ghost slaying people in their spirit and people falling backward. And so that's what really caught my attention was this first contact that she had with aliens 
was a mystical occult practice called Shaktipat in the Hindu religion. A guru who has the full Shakti power given to him by the divine feminine God called the Great Divine Mother in Hindu. Whatever guru this is, he has the power to approach anybody who is a student of this, touch them on the forehead, they immediately fall backward into a trance, and when they are awakened or come out of the trance, they supposedly now have this divine serpent energy in them that empowers them and gives them light. And I'm just looking at this Andreessen case, and that's what caught my attention initially was the fact that she was touched by a devil. In my opinion, she was touched and initiated at seven years old by a devil, and that's what really caught my attention at the first. Well, I know that I'll get angry phone calls, emails, and letters, but the truth is the truth, Brother Mike, and you're exactly right. In spite of what some churches teach, being slain in the Spirit is nowhere in the Word of God. You know, Mike, this kind of sounds like Genesis 3-5, where Satan says, your eyes shall be opened since her third eye was open." Exactly right. Let me read this. You could find this on Wikipedia. The Shakti is called the psychic energy. And the word Shaktipat is a combination of two Sanskrit words. Shakti means the psychic energy, energy of the serpent or the dragon. And the word pot, P-A-T, literally means to fall. Mm. Now, if I bring scripture into this, I'm reminded of 2 Thessalonians 2, where Paul warned us that in the day of the Lord, a falling away would take place. We know that the heavens are going to be shaken. We know that the stars of the heavens, the angels, are going to fall from heaven. They're going to be cast out of heaven. We know that mankind is in a fallen state. We can see all around us the falling away of what used to be godly institutions, godly denominations, godly churches, godly ministries. They are falling away right in front of our very eyes, and this is part of the plan of Satan. And so this Shaktipat energy that these people seek out Forgive me, whether it's in a church or whether it's in some guru meditation or anything like that, is still the work of Satan in these last days. And according to the article, it's a simple and quick method of awakening what's called the kundalini. Let me explain kundalini. There are 33 bones in your spine. That number 33, if anybody studied that, they know that it's related to Freemasonry. It's related to a lot of things in the occult. But the Hindus teach that at the base of your spine, you have a coiled-up serpent that lies dormant at the base of your spine. And it takes either training and meditation, training in yoga, which I would tell people don't get involved in. The word yoga means yoke. And it literally is yoking people to Brahma, the god of the Hindus. But anyway, this serpent can be awakened either by intense training and meditation or by the Shakti power of one of these gurus who can touch someone on their third eye. In fact, our beloved King James Bible, James, in the words that Satan said to Eve in Genesis chapter 3, verse 5, 
the 33rd word that he spoke to her was the word I. Oh, wow. Then shall your eyes be opened, and ye shall be as, not as God, but as God, mm-hmm. knowing good and evil. And if I were to say one thing about the whole UFO phenomenon, is that, and I have been among these people, I've interviewed them, I've talked to them, I've read their books, I've listened to their speeches, I've watched their videos, and I can tell you, guys like Whitley Strieber, who wrote Communion, and Betty Andreessen, and all of these people, they're saying the exact same thing, is that Betty Andreessen believes that these aliens are good angels, and that they are coming to this earth, and they have chosen her as sort of the John the Baptist to prepare the way for the coming of the one to this earth and the coming of these angels, these aliens, to this earth to initiate mankind into a new age of peace and harmony and enlightenment and marijuana smoking and all of this stuff and to raise him to a higher consciousness so that man finally joins the other creatures in the universe and becomes gods like they are. That's the whole focus of the whole UFO movement right there. Doesn't it seem that Betty Andreessen was handpicked because she claimed to be a Christian? I mean, it's as if they want to persuade or deceive Christians into falling for their lies, don't you think? Yes, I do. There are other people that I have watched, and believe me, I've prayed for these people. My heart goes out to them. I know what it's like to be deceived. I know what it's like to fall into deception. I did it years ago. And my heart grieves for these people because they have fallen into a tremendous deception. But you're right. I believe the devil has a very limited sense of the future. Very limited. But I believe that she was hand-picked. You're right. Specifically because... She would be one to lead, I would say, I guess, phony Christians or whatever, weak Christians or whatever, lead them astray into believing that this whole UFO thing and these aliens are of God, and it would be part of bringing Christianity together in with Hinduism, in with Jainism, in with all these other religions of the world, and we know where that's going to end up in Revelation chapter 13. Pastor Mike, next time I would like to talk about Betty Andreessen's encounters with the One. Thanks so much for being on the program with me today. Thank you, Brother James. God bless. Michael Hoggard will continue his look into these claims of alien encounters next time. Today, we have Michael Hogger's in-depth look into claims of alien encounters in the Phoenix Affair DVD. This DVD has over six hours of teaching and analysis. Get your copy of the Phoenix Affair by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order online swrc.com. In this DVD, Betty Andreessen reveals a visionary experience of traveling into another world where she met a being whom she saw as God. However, Betty Andreessen's encounter and description of the alien entity she referred to as the One is none other than the spirit of Antichrist and is revealed as the androgynous God of the Jewish Kabbalah. 
In The Phoenix Affair, Michael Hoggard examines Andreessen's claims through the lens of Scripture. Get your copy of this powerful DVD by calling today 1-800-652-1144 or visit swrc.com and order your copy of The Phoenix Affair today. Dr. Larry Spargimino and James Collins open their Bibles and the news of the day to examine headlines from the end times. Welcome to Headlines from the End Times. In the days of the Old Testament prophets, God said to appoint a man to stand guard on the wall. The watchman would scan the horizon for signs of danger. When an enemy was spotted making advances on the city, the watchman would sound the alarm. Each day we see more and more signs that point to the soon return of Jesus Christ. Join us now as we seek to make sense of the nonsense and sound the alarm of the truth of Bible prophecy and current events. We open today with a story about the COVID-19 pandemic. Since December of 2020, several COVID vaccines began to be approved for emergency use. There has been a worldwide effort to get these vaccines into as many people as possible as fast as possible. President Biden even issued a vaccine mandate for the United States. However, the Supreme Court on January 13th struck down part of that mandate. Still, Biden says that he will work through executive orders and other means to push his nationwide vaccine mandate. This is not a good idea. According to a report in the Epic Times dated January the 12th, 2022, Dr. Greg Nye and Stephanie Seneff, a researcher at MIT, have published a peer-reviewed paper on the technology behind the mRNA vaccines and the many potentially unknown consequences to health. Such vaccines normally take 12 years to develop, with only a 2% rate of approval. But these vaccines were developed and brought to market in less than a year. As a consequence, we have no direct knowledge of any effects that the vaccines may have on our health over the long term. The paper showed that there are several mechanisms by which these vaccines could lead to severe disease, including autoimmune disease, neurodegenerative disease, vascular disorders such as hemorrhaging and blood clots, and possibly reproductive issues. There is also the risk that the vaccines will accelerate the emergence of new strains of the virus that are no longer sensitive to the antibodies produced by the vaccines. This raises the issue of the Biden vaccine mandate. It would appear to be a bad idea. Now, let me change that. A very bad idea. We are forcing people to take a vaccine that may ultimately lead to crippling diseases and death. In other news, a 10-hour-long hostage situation at a synagogue in the Dallas-Fort Worth area concluded late Saturday, January 15th, when an elite FBI rescue team stormed the building. The hostage-taker was killed, and all the hostages were unharmed. The armed suspect, who was identified as Malik Fasil Akram, claimed to have bombs in unknown locations when he took a rabbi and three others hostage at the Congregation Beth Israel in Colleyville, Texas. FBI Special Agent Matthew Serrano commented on the motive of the gunman. He said, quote, We do believe from our engagement with this subject that he was singularly focused on one issue 
and it was not specifically related to the Jewish community, close quotes. We applaud the FBI rescue team for doing such a wonderful job in freeing the hostages. But we disagree with the special agents de Serrano's politically correct statement that this man's motives had nothing to do with the Jewish community. This man was a Muslim terrorist, and he specifically targeted a Jewish synagogue. This was a blatant act of anti-Semitism. When God called Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees and promised that his seed would become a great nation, possess the land of Israel, and that God would use the nation of Israel to bless the world, the Jewish people became public enemy number one in the kingdom of Satan. Never forget that anti-Semitism is satanic. Whenever or wherever it has occurred in history and up to and including the current destructive acts being performed by jihadist Muslims. Our next story comes to us from Virginia, where a United Methodist pastor recently said that killing babies and abortions is moral if it is done with thoughtful prayer. Robert Vaughn, Jr., the director of the General Board of Church and Society for the United Methodist Church, said that the denomination takes a, quote, reluctant pro-choice, close quote, stance on abortion. Vaughn went on to describe abortion as health care and said that he believes abortions should be performed after thoughtful and prayerful consideration by the parties involved with medical, family, pastoral, and other appropriate counsel. The clear teaching of the Word of God is that human life is sacred to God. He alone is the creator of all things, including human life. Scripture even tells us that we are created in the image of God. What an awesome thought. However, in America today, people like this Methodist pastor seem to feel that it is okay to murder a precious child in the mother's womb. God forbid. We need to remember that being pro-life is not a political issue, but rather a God issue. All life is valuable to him. However, the pro-life news is not all bad. Our next story is a positive one, and it comes from Ohio, where the city of Mason has joined 41 other local governments across the United States that have adopted ordinances banning abortions and declaring themselves sanctuary cities for the unborn. Mason, Ohio is a town of about 33,000 people located 30 minutes northeast of Cincinnati. The Mason City Council adopted the measure late last year. Since 2019, Mason and 41 other cities have enacted laws banning abortion. Lubbock, Texas passed a similar law last year, and the Lubbock law survived a legal challenge last June when a federal judge dismissed a lawsuit from Planned Parenthood and the American Civil Liberties Union. In Lubbock, residents approved the ordinance by 62% in May after the local government declined to enact the measure. Praise God for cities like Mason and Lubbock. We pray that more and more cities would pass such pro-life laws. That will wrap up this edition of Headlines from the End Times. For Dr. Larry Spargimino, this is James Collins leaving you with the words of the Apostle Paul, who said in Ephesians 5:15 and 16, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Get your copy of the Phoenix Affair DVD by Michael Hoggard by calling 1-800-652-1144 or visit our website, swrc.com. Tomorrow, Michael Hoggard returns to continue his look into the claims of alien encounters. 
Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily podcast. Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. Thank you.